Hello and welcome to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. I'm your host Jo Milmine and this is episode 121, Holiday Knitting. Hello, hello, and welcome into another episode of the podcast. Hello, how are you? I am Joe Milmine. I'm your host today. And if you are a new listener, welcome in to episode 121. And if you're back again for the 121st plus time, then thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you coming back and hanging out with me on the podcast again today. And today you've got almost like a continuation, an encore, if you will, of our guest from last time, Leona Jane Page of Fluff in Dundee, who is an absolute delight. I'm sure you'll agree. And we had such a great chat when we did the last episode. We're talking about Rusty Ferret and her transition from yarn shop owner into yarn shop owner and hand dyer. And we it was quite a relaxed chat and we had a really good conversation and actually towards the end we went off onto a completely different subject that was such a good chat I thought I would cut it out of that episode and put it into this one because it felt like it was a different topic and something we could make into a different piece of content and would be better sort of by itself in its own episode so that's what I did. And that subject was holiday knitting. And in that last interview, Leona was talking about how she was going off to New Zealand and Japan. That was last Christmas because it was a quite a long time between actually recording that and putting the episode out. But she was talking about her holiday or her travel knitting that she had planned because those flights were quite long. So she had the 12 or 14 hours a piece and she had a couple of them to do because it's the other side of the planet. So she was busy thinking about obviously the journey and then when she got there, what sort of stuff she was going to be knitting because she was going to be doing a lot of traveling around when she was there. Now, as you will know, if you watch my stories or I've been listening for a while. I recently spent the whole summer in China and last summer in China as well. And during that time, we did a lot of traveling around. And generally, if I'm going anywhere interesting or seeing anything that looks fun, I'll give you a bit of a giggle. That's what I put on my stories. I don't like to take it too seriously um, over on Instagram, but that's the place where I'll put my thoughts or quick kind of witty comment or something interesting that I've seen. And part of that involved a lot of travelling around as well. So it seemed like quite a good way to kind of pull two sort of streams of consciousness that we've had together, both mine and Leona's chatting about it and mine by itself in terms of uh, what do I do when I go travelling? Because I do travel a lot. I do fly a lot, travel a lot, I'm on planes a lot. Uh, trains, automobiles, the lot. And um, I love to have something to do because especially in the UK, public transport is massively unreliable and you quite often end up sat on your backside doing something unexpected like I did last week. And that's another story for another time. But uh, basically, I love to have something on hand at all times, just in case I end up stuck somewhere, because I don't want to hate being bored, like in terms of sitting there wasting time that I could be doing something else and um, knitting something you can do everywhere and you're not 
worrying about keeping your battery alive or anything else like that. You can just knit and it's fine. And so I like, I'll always like to have that kind of, in case of emergency break, glass knitting project for just such an eventuality. So I've put together a few of my thoughts initially uh, about holiday knitting and travel knitting in particular. And then we'll catch up with Leona again and she can talk about her planning process and what she thought about what she was going to take with her to New Zealand and Japan and a bit of chatter around that. So grab yourself a brew. And whatever you're currently working on or doing whilst you are listening to me today, and we will crack on with the show. So holiday knitting then, travel knitting in general. I don't know about you, but if you're anything like me, and I suspect you might be a little bit, then the arrival or the prospect of a long journey or a holiday or some kind of travel usually brings up two big questions. Number one, what knitting am I going to take with me? And how much is too much when it comes to packing your holiday yarn? And number two, what what clothes am I going to take? So generally for me, the packing of clothing, etc., is a 20 minute job. I used to be in the Air Force. I'm very good at packing to go away places. I travel a lot. So I don't do this thing where I've packed my suitcase a week in advance and it sits in the hall. That is not in any way something that I do, particularly for clothes. Like I have a set routine and if it's not packed in 20 minutes, then the rule is you don't need it. Just buy whatever you've not put in there because if you've not used it, you know, if you can't get in there in 20 minutes, then you probably don't need it. You won't have used it for ages. So that's my kind of rule for packing when it comes to clothes. But when it comes to the knitting, I feel like it needs to be something that's a little bit more carefully considered because there's a certain amount I find of like knitter's anxiety that goes along with holiday knitting and travel knitting and going somewhere and being separated geographically from your stash. And it's something that does deserve a little bit more than 20 minutes of of attention, I find, because it's the, that's in no way the same thing. We're not talking every day, you know, me, like clothes, toothbrushes, etc. We're not talking that. We're talking something seriously. We're talking about your knitting projects. So that does bear a little bit more consideration. And I certainly spend more time thinking about what I'm going to pack to knit than I do about what I'm going to pack to wear and survive with. Because, you know, it's quite easy to find something to survive with. When it comes to your knitting, it's not always easy to find a yarn store or find the bits and pieces that you need. So I find that tends to take the following kind of form. Number one, you think, well, I'll take that because I'm working on that at the moment and it'd be good to get it finished, which goes into, is that going to be enough knitting? Which rolls into, but what if I get bored of knitting on that garment? So I need some some other knitting as well. Two, everyone needs a skein of emergency sock yarn to knit socks with, so let me pack the DPNs. Two, oh, I've been wanting to knit this for ages and, and now is the perfect time to sit down with this 80 million page pattern and a shed load of beads and start knitting it because I won't have anything else to think about on holiday and clearly I'll have plenty of time just to sit there and knit. Two, oh wow, deep stash. We definitely need some deep stash yarn. And before you know it, you've packed half of your suitcase with actual yarn for two weeks or whatever. And none of you, not even your jammers have made it in there. And I mean, you could be knitting a pair of jammers, like you could be. 
but probably not in the time before now and bedtime. And you certainly won't have blocked them, let's be honest. If you were going to knit a pair of pyjamas, they won't be blocked. You know, you want to photograph them. And do you really want to be crinkling them up in bed before you've done all of that? I don't know if you do. So it's one of those things that's always kind of, it, it results in some agonising decisions for me in terms of what, what do you take with you and how much is enough when it comes to travel knitting. Now I have some favourites and my kind of three go-to things, depending on seasonality and what mood I'm in, in terms of what knitting I want to be doing, are either, number one, a one skein shawl, four millimetre needles, in case of emergency, break glass, minimum effort, minimum memorising, just a really simple garter or stocking stitch shawl with um, some kind of interesting part to it at some stage whether it's a little bit of maybe short rows and a bit of shaping or whether it's a little bit of beading at the end because I do quite like to bead on trains I've got to think about doing beaded knittings on on trains I will bead in ridiculous places um that are, are not that practical life if you drop them on the train the beads that, that'd be a big problem but it's never seemed to have happened even though I'm, I've been known to do it with a can of gin as well but a one skin shawl is my first one socks self-striping usually as my second um or probably my third choice to be honest I've not been a big sock knitter until very recently um where I've picked them back up again I used to like knitting them a lot and then I kind of went off socks for a bit round about the time I discovered magic loop and how boring it is and kind of went off socks and since um very in fact it was only literally a couple of weeks ago I cast on a pair of self-striping socks onto wooden dpns my original favorite and I'm well back into it now and I've done loads of knitting on those and the third thing that I will quite often take as a project is some kind of simple repeating stitch pattern garment. So if I'm working on sleeves on a lush, because usually that's all I ever knit is a lush or the body or something big where you can just rock back and forth, you know, knit the stocking stitch and till it wait, it measures a certain size and then change to rib or whatever. Anything like that that's pretty easy and doesn't really require you to look at a pattern that's the key thing for me is something that doesn't require you to look at a pattern then that's they're my kind of top three choices for something for travel knitting because it depends on where you are if you are sit on a plane for like 10 11 hours then it's it's kind of okay depending on you know what class you're sitting in um whether you've got small people either size so you've got a bit more elbow room uh, but something where you sit and you've got a bit of space then uh a garment can be okay because you're you've got it all in your lap still, as long as it's not massive. I'm not saying take it an Afghan or anything like that, but it, it quite often isn't that big still. And you can get away with doing that and you don't need to keep getting your pattern out and looking all the time. It's quite mindless and that can be a good way to feel like you've done something. Um but equally I find for if you're going to be getting up and down quite often, let's say you get on the tube or whatever, or on the metro, and there isn't a long amount of time in between getting on and getting off, I prefer the smaller things like the socks or the one skin shawl as something that you can quickly just pull pull the needles back through and stuff back in your bag. And it's quite small, so it doesn't involve you having to rearrange anything in your bag to get it in. Uh, and again, they're quite often things that you don't need a pattern for. It's just round and round or backwards and forwards 
on the old needles to get that done. So they're my kind of top three favourite types of pattern to do when I'm travel knitting. But as I said, I don't discount any knitting really and I will quite often do beaded knitting and shawl knitting because Boo Knits is my favourite beaded knitting designer. She designs the most beautiful intricate beaded shawls but I find her pattern so easy to follow and the pattern repeats are all kind of similar. They're all like kind of 16, 18 stitch pattern repeats. I don't find that so challenging to have as a say a train knitting project or anything else because it is repetition and again if you sat there for a couple of hours if you're going into London or wherever or you're going up to Beijing then you know you sat there and you can you can get your tray table out and you can you can do it quite easily and have you know your one bit of printed out paper I'm a, a pattern printer so I like to have the, the paper version printed out and I don't use washi tape I use ordinary post-it notes to mark where I am on the pattern and uh, I find that works quite well even like I said even if you've got some gin so they're like my my top three go-to type patterns or projects that I will work on when I'm doing some travel and I want to get some stuff done. I think it's quite an interesting um, balancing act really in terms of you want to have something that's enough interest um, in what you're knitting but not so much that you need to concentrate on it and keep referring to a pattern all the time because when you that can be awkward when you're traveling it's okay just to sit there and move your hands just in front of you and you're not doing big movements when you're constantly moving around trying to check patterns and things that can be a little bit more tricky i also find that when you're in the car you need to be a little bit more careful or on a virgin pendolino. I bloody hate pendolino trains. Like stick your hands up, tweet me, send me a message, DM me if you hate pendolino trains. Pendolino trains, for those of you in North America who maybe haven't been on a virgin pendolino, are these hideous trains where in order to make the trains go faster because all of our train lines are Victorian, so they were built for steam, not for several you know, 100 mile an hour train, well, not several, over 100 mile an hour trains. Um, so in order to allow them to go faster around the corners, they sort of tilt the tilting trains. So you'll be riding along and then the train will tilt like you're in some kind of fast jet, which is fine if it doesn't make you feel like vomiting. But for me, and I know a lot of other people, I know Liz Greenside Nitz, who's a big train rider. She also hates the Pendolinos. We've talked about this at length. And they can make you feel really sick. Um, but it depends which way you are going, because if you're going down to London, the, the railway line seems to be a lot straighter and it's not as bad, I find. Um, but that's usually a shorter journey as well. If you're going north and you're going through the Lake District um, in particular, that can be quite, it can make you feel really quite rough. And uh, especially at night, I hate doing that journey at night on the Pendolino because it, you can't even look out at the horizon. It's like being on a boat. It's horrible. So yeah, um, you do need to give some kind of consideration to what, what sort of journey you're doing and where you're going to be sitting. So I tend to have stuff that I don't have to look at or check or count stitches on if I'm going anywhere in a car, because I do feel sick in the car as well, if I'm reading or looking at stuff. And also if I'm on the Pendolino, it needs to be something I don't have to look at, which is where these nice kind of stockinette or garter stitch, one skin shawls and pairs of socks really sort of come into their own because you don't have to look and you can feel everything with your fingers. And a lot of it, it's kind of like muscle memory, really. You don't even look at what you're doing. And quite often other people will be watching the unit 
transfixed and you're not even looking at what you're doing you're looking at someone else and then feel them looking at you and you're like staring at me for and they just get kind of hypnotized by the knitting so something that I think is important to bear in mind is like what sort of uh, travel you are going to be doing and whether you're going to be able to look at where you're going or whether you need to be looking down and counting stitches. I don't like to have anything too fiddly as I said I don't like to have anything where if you get nudged or drop a stitch that it's going to be a lot of fixing so no lace really too much on travel knitting projects for the actual act of traveling if I'm going to be sat on a sun lounger I'd probably consider it but nothing too fiddly for the actual knitting because of the if I need to fix this it could be a little bit awkward and the other thing I also like to bear in mind when picking a project is the idea, and it was Poked a Goblin, Alessandra, who introduced me to this idea of uh, taking a project with you or a couple of projects with you that need finishing, but you can't really be bothered, but you'll finish because there's nothing else to knit on instead, which is, uh, it's a good, good logic, really, because I mean, in in the absence of anything else in it, and if it's a choice between not knitting and knitting, then you're just going to finish the projects, aren't you? She's a little bit more hardcore than me. I'd just be like, right, get me a yarn shop. I want something else in it. I don't want to knit this. But she's really good. She actually sits there and does knit them and finish them. So that's another thing you could probably consider when you are picking your travel knitting is whether there's something that you would like to get finished that you won't finish if there's other pretties in the way at home. But in the absence of anything else, you will get it done. So they're kind of like my thoughts around, you know, overview thoughts on holiday knitting. And we're going to hear from me and Leona in a minute about talking about some of the projects that she had in mind to work on and some of the things she thinks about when she is planning her travel knitting and a bit of chit chat around that. But I'm really curious to hear what you think as well. So please do definitely get in touch get into the Facebook group, the community over on Facebook or DM me or whatever on Insta and let me know what your kind of go-to strategies are for choosing travel knitting and what kind of projects you like to go for because I think it'd be really interesting to hear from the community and hear about what you like to use. So what I think we'll do now is we'll go back to the future and we'll go listen to uh, the rest of the conversation from the interview with Leona that I spoke to last week and talk about her kind of holiday knitting plans and what things she thinks about when she's planning her travel knitting. So I hope you will enjoy that. I'm stressing, as a knitter does, because I'm going away for a month Mm. and it's a lot of flying time because we're going to New Zealand. I'm really stressing about what projects to bring. Like I just can't. I feel like I can't even process it just now and I'm just I'm like well I want to knit this and this and this but what what what's plain knitting what's walkabout knitting what's sitting in the evening knitting is it okay to bring six projects for a month like is that ridiculous I think you always need backup projects I think you always need at least three times as many as what you think you need because if you only take one and you don't want to knit it then you don't knit yeah well I don't I'm stubborn there are, no, I completely agree with you. Um, there are yarn shops in New Zealand, but I want to knit from my stash. Yeah. Like, I want, I feel like this is the time I'm going to allow myself. That sounds really terrible, but, like, I, I do a lot of sample knitting for the shop. Um, and I feel that there's a lot of yarn in my stash that I really want to work with that has been waiting for so long that I'm going to say, when I'm away on holiday, 
I'm going to do some stash knitting because they deserve to be used. They do. And that, that's a good point about stash knitting and taking it away on holiday is that like you're knitting part of your holiday into the yarn, into the what yeah. you're making, like you can remember it. Yeah, precisely. And it's just, I don't know, like I'm not stash busting or anything. I just feel that, as I said, there's just a lot of yarn in there that I bought with the intention of knitting something and it deserves to be knitted into that thing because it's so lovely it doesn't deserve to be sat in a drawer so yeah so yeah i think so and i mean what my flights are like 10 hours and then 14 hours oh. and then you've got all the airport hanging about time i'm thinking a shawl a shawl for the airplane i was thinking of doing a fade shawl for while i'm in new zealand That's at, like, like a for blanket, hand- dude. well i know but it's 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 got enough interest that it's not dull but it's not too it's not like lace or anything so that I can sit at night time and just knit away on it if that makes sense because we're staying with Mark's uncle who has four children um and two dogs and a wife um and several guinea pigs and things so I feel like the evenings no I know the evenings will be chaos so I need something that I don't need to focus on so I thought the fade would be quite a good one yeah, but the more you add to it, like it's going to get heavier and heavier as your holiday goes on. I know. It's not going to fit in your handbag like you want a one skin thing. Oh, no, but there'll be a one skin thing for when we're out and about. But then what you end up with like five half finished projects? Yeah, well, I know this is the stress. It's not stress. It's, just pick it's one. It's too hard. Just pick one and then knit on that till it's done. Oh, but Joe, it's too hard. <laughs> Yeah, it's not though, because it's like you're on holiday. Like, there's no way I could possibly do that in real life. Like, I have at least five or six projects that I'm actively working on, which yeah. is why it takes me forever to knit things. Well, yeah. Um, but when I go on holiday, it's like I'm a different person because you're, you're somewhere else. So, like, I am a person who only knits on one thing. So, I only take that one thing with me. Okay. Like, as, well, as that's okay. one thing. Like, I take, I take more projects because, like... Um, I went away last week and I didn't um, didn't take DPNs and I needed DPNs to make an eye cord so I could make Jane Morrison's shawl and I oh, didn't yeah. have them. So I had the yarn but I didn't have the DPNs so I couldn't cast that on and I'd finished my uh. hands low. So I'd cast that off and then I was like, what am I going to do? And I'd taken some emergency yarn, which was some of Helen's yarn, Wool Kitchen Helen's yarn. Nice. Um, Urban Hint. So it was already caked up and it was already ready. Oh. It'd been on my bedside table for ages. And I was like, right, I'm going to move that and take it with me. Yeah. Um, as emergency yarn. And obviously, I've always got four millimeter needles because well, they're emergency doesn't? needles. Um, and I've ended up casting on another Cunya, Claire Devine's pattern that she did. Do you know what? Yes. That was one of the ones that is sitting that was going to be coming with me. It's, it's a super good one because the, the beads are right at the end. Yeah, exactly. I've, it's been sat caked and everything i've got a lovely skein of easy knits i think it was one of his ghosts so it's like natural with green it's quite wild mm. but i just really wanted to knit another kunye yeah i really like it really wearable yeah. i wear my gold on a lot because i did i did natural golden kunye kunye well kunye, you have to kunye, kunye, kunye. you you say it properly because i have never been in south africa mm. it's well it's zulu, it's zulu isn't it I'm not. Is it Su- Swahili? It's not Swahili for one. No, it's Swahili for one. Swahili for one is Mojo. Okay. Um, I know that because my mother-in-law's dog is called Mojo. Oh. Dog number one. Is he? Um. 
the Sheltie as well. It's a Sheltie, yes. Yeah. Matching my Shelties. Oh, I love it. Yeah, very cute. How are your puppies? They're good. They're good. They're good. Wumble's 10 now. He's Shut old. Up. Yeah. Arthur's 11. Mm. I know, right? I just think, like, if Arthur was my child, if I'd had a baby instead of Arthur, 11, what? I know. Crazy. Stick on my dogs. Crazy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's a good one. Kenya is a good one. Yeah. Um, and I had some beads that Helen Helen Courtney gave me that I think are going to match perfectly, but not a full bag. So now I can get a couple of small ones to go with it and use those. Yeah. That's a good idea. I know. Mm. So, I was one. also thinking um, Stephen West, is it dotted rays? Yeah, that could be quite good. It's not going to be too, too heavy, is it? No. Well, I've got a beautiful skein. I, we went to Will Fest. Well, one of the times we went to Will Fest and I got a beautiful skein of uh, Sparkle Duck. Um, yarn in this beautiful green and it was destined for dotted rays but now i'm a bit sad because well you know the story mm, i know i really liked heather yeah she was a bit mental in she the best possible way in a really lovely way like yeah really, i really appreciated how she was different and yeah. didn't care yeah. Um. Just absolutely lovely, and her green yarns and blues. She dyed the most oh, beautiful yeah. green and blue yarn. It's like a. It is a greeny blue, like a sea green blue. It's beautiful. I think you should. You can't leave it in a cupboard, dude. No, that's what I'm thinking. And it was. It was destined for the dotted rays. So, I think. I think that might be my first cast on. That would be a really nice one. That yeah. would be a nice one because then you can remember your holidays, and it's like you've done something special with that one. Yeah, I think so. It definitely needs to be used and be out in the world, mm. not hiding in a drawer. Yeah, I just feel oh, sad I didn't sure. buy more of a yarn. I know. When I had the chance. So. But we can't dwell on things like that. We can't. And I did have her in TGS three times because she is that, that much of a fave. Like, I really did like her yarn. So Her yarn is beautiful. It's beautiful. Oh, so. man. Oh, it makes me sad. I don't know. Well, this is it. It's why you shouldn't mess about knitting with yarn you don't like because you never know when you can not be able to knit with yarn anymore so precisely knit the good yarn now knit with the good yarn <laughs> i have to bleep that out now you know that sorry I, I, I've clean, despite my, my occasional lapses into mild swears I, I, I have a clean podcast I know That's okay. I haven't sworn the whole time I'll, I'll have to find a comedy or something like that I can put over it <laughs> Get a really good one. Yeah. That'd be awesome. So oh. you're going to take dotted rays? Yeah. Any other thoughts for your holiday knitting? <sighs> um, no, that was as far as I got, really. Mm. One of Lucy Haig's shawls, but it's mega complicated. See, I don't think that's holiday knitting. Stuff. No. no, no. Although a lush, like if you want to do the, the, the band for your lush, that could be quite good. I'm not knitting another lush. I'm totally knitting about 15 more lushes. You love that. I do love it. It looks it looks great on me. I have I have a hand dye lush and it really looks awesome. I really um, like how Jess crops all hers. Yeah, she can do the crop thing, can't she? Yeah. But yeah, the lush really suits you. Yeah. No, knitting the ginormous lush has put me off of lushes. Oh, yeah, but you, you did knit it a bit fast. That's too big for you. Yeah. Yeah, I did. But nice, that might, nice Paul Worth might, might go down a treat. Oh, maybe. 
I'm in some in some blacker yarn. I've got a mohair blend. It was it's quite oh. cheap actually. After slagging off um, commercial yarns, <laughs> um, it, it was like it was like three fifty a ball. It's a kind of greeny grey. Oh yeah, it's nice. It's nice. It's grey with like a green cast on it, but it's got Jacobs and mohair in it. Now the oh. mohair is not the kind of mohair I'm used to using. <laughs> I only it. use nice mohair, and it's a little bit scratchy. Oh, um, but it was three fifty a ball, and you're not going to wear a lush without something underneath it see i get really warm so i tend not to wear like i'll have a dress and then my cardigan mm-hmm. and i don't wear like high neck things so yeah it would be touching me oh i couldn't deal with that sorry see, blacker i'm a reptile i'm a total reptile i just want to bake i just want to be really warm all the time if i could live under a little heat lamp i would i oh. really would i love being warm so i'm quite happy to lay it like layer up and be even borderline sweaty to be warm enough so yeah that's my problem i don't like being sweaty Mm, stresses me out so much like see when it comes to winter Mm. i don't know if other countries are the same but you layer up to go outside because it's blooming freezing up here Mm. so you put the multiple layers on and then you go into like a shop and they've got their heating up fill blast so you're you're sweating and you feel really uncomfortable and then you just want to leave as soon as possible so shops deal with that please that is a thing in scotland i've got to say that is a yeah. thing in scotland that they do that they put the heating on really high in winter yeah just get your employees to put a jumper on jeez yeah it's not like you're not short of knitwear or anything is it <laughs> well exactly <laughs> plenty of wool um <laughs> my shop is at the perfect ice cold temperature mm-hmm. during winter i probably shouldn't say that I don't find it cold in your shop, but it was never super sweaty. Like when, when have you got, no. especially in Edinburgh, because the tourists are all a little bit weak, and Edinburgh yeah. seems worse because it's full of tourists, and they're, they're always like crying about how cold it is. It's not even really yeah. that cold. No, um, so they they do have them up super high. Yeah, the temperature. I mean, my shop is quite large it and is. has giant windows, and my heaters just don't keep up, basically. Mm. So it's not, I mean, it's warm. I, if it's cold, I normally have it warm enough, but not. it's not at that stage where you it's come not, in and you're just like, yeah. Plah, it's not a furnace face like when, you, when you're just like, oh, and you've got to take everything off then. Oh, I hate that. See, I don't like that. So, mm. no. But yeah. So there you go. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Leona as well a bit of holiday knitting talk with her and extending that lovely time we get to spend with her to three episodes of the podcast because she is really good fun I very very much enjoy Leona and having a chat with her uh, so it was good to spread her across two episodes so double trouble there for you it's like getting a Big Mac when you were expecting a Happy Meal burger so all good all good So that's all we've got time for this week. I hope you enjoyed the show. I'll be looking forward to chatting to you again next week. But until then, happy grafting and I will speak to you again soon. Cheers. You've been listening to the Shiny Bees podcast. Full show notes for this episode can be found at the website at shinybees.com forward slash one two one. Music this episode very kindly provided from Adam and the Walter Boys with I Need a Drink available on iTunes. I feel a need to laugh again.